basement to your ears this is the weekly meeting of the queen city improvement bureau tonight we have councillor michael o'donnell and improvement vector candidates uh, and election candidates this meeting is called to order little bit of technical difficulties here with the board and I don't see Aiden here at all um, hopefully he'll make his way back into the sub basement because it's awfully lonely here and I, I can't do attendance if there's just me here because I um, I'm, I'm here I know that much oh oh somebody has just come down the stairs he looks like a uh, it's, it's terrible what happened? The leopard. The leopard is loose. Oh, crud. Yeah, so we just have to stay stay in here until it okay. goes to sleep. Okay, good. Um, well, the leopard is loose. The board is barely functioning. I don't know if we're, like, broadcasting or anything. <laughs> I don't know if anything is working. I've got lights going and needles swimming back and forth, but I don't know what's going on. I think I think we're in fine shape. I think what we should do is have a meeting. If we can get like back on track and have like some attendance or something, Absolutely. I'll start to feel more at home. Hey, well, uh, I'll take uh, I'll take attendance. Uh, have we done Have we done the intro? In my absence? we did do the intro. Okay. Yeah, Very I did good. a really clumsy version of it. But oh, uh, excellent. Okay, yeah. well, well, we'll do the intro. So I'll we'll start taking attendance. Uh, so first in the meeting today we have. Um, Ooh, fellow named Clathoon Epe. Clathoon Epe. No. He's an Irish folk hero. Oh, really? He tried to kick out the English through the fine art of fencing. Oh, with an Epe. With an Epe, yes. Uh -uh. They, they shot him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this was two weeks ago. It didn't go well. Uh, that sounds terrible. But, yes. So, he's not here, so... But, you know... Oh, you know what I've done? What have you done, Aiden? Um... I realized I actually mixed up the letters in the name. It shouldn't be Clodone Pay, it should be Paul DeShane. That's me. Oh. Well, there you go. And I am here. Okay. After a fashion. And our second, we have, uh, we also have Roaming Dana. Roaming Dana. Yeah, from, no. it's from like the old nursery rhyme. I don't know this old nursery rhyme. Fill me in. Um... Roaming Dana would not stay home, and far from her hearth that Dana did roam, until she roamed into the House of Lords, and they cut off her legs with sharpened swords, saying, Roaming Dana, you've roamed much too far, oh, Roaming Dana, that might leave a scar. I think I think it was like um, like one of those political nursery rhymes. Right. Like, I think she was around... Like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, or like yeah. Guy Fox, you know? Right. Because yeah. uh, apparently in July, the kids all cut off, like, like the legs off effigies. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. But That's she's not terrible. here. Um, no, clearly not. You know what I've done? What have you done? I, you know, once again, I've mixed up the letters and uh, should read Aiden Morgan. 
Oh, that's you. Oh. As far as I know, you are not the subject of a nursery rhyme at all. Perfect. Okay, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. So let's let's start let's start our meeting. Okay, let's do that. Uh, we have a guest tonight, a uh, improvement vector candidate, uh, and a councillor, Mike O'Donnell. From, well, good evening. From I have never never been to the depths of City Hall like this, and I've never heard poetry coming out of the basement. I will take that as a cultural component that we've added. Excellent. It is. Yes. Yeah, it was in the cultural plan. Oh. It was, <laughs> well, I'll have to read. It more was a closely. footnote, but oh, well, good. we're in there. Well, I'm impressed. If you, you just put your ear to the vents, and you can actually hear us talk. So you'll, you'll hear poetry. It sifts up. Time to time. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Um, well, uh, Councillor O'Donnell, we, uh, we asked you to come in today because we wanted to talk to you about a few things. Uh, first among them, infill. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, I, I've certainly noticed that whenever an infill development comes to Council or to Planning Commission, uh, along with it comes a whole battery of delegations, uh, letters and people coming out to say, we don't want this in our neighborhood. This, this development stinks. It changes the fabric of our community. We will not have this. And it will, they'll take our on-street parking. Well, yeah, won't somebody think of the parking? That's, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, why? My question to you <laughs> is, why would anybody want to build infill in this city? That's an interesting question. I appreciate your astute observ observations. <laughs> and yes, parking. And so we may park that just for a while, parking. Okay. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. So I, I think that you will understand from, from the depths of City Hall that we did an official community plan. That, that was a huge engagement process over over actually about 18 months. And the idea was to ask people, what is it you really want in your community? And one of the things that was loud and clear was that we need to have complete neighborhoods, not only just new ones, but in the existing ones. So that's that's about services, that's about using the infrastructure, you know, things like keeping schools open and, and having a grocery store in the neighborhood. And so we've tried to operate from that level. But that also implies that sometimes you're going to bring in a different density to the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You might add an apartment where people rent. You might add uh, a different form of housing, like fourplex or duplex. So it seems to push out people in terms of, gosh, this is different. And so change seems to be a real hard thing mm. to handle. Right. Um, I seem to recall that uh, recently at Council, there was a, uh, a development application for a four-story mixed-use building on Elphinstone and 13th. Yep. And uh, Council voted to deny that application. Uh, you seemed kind of unhappy about that decision at Council. And um, was I reading too much into your response? Or? No, you weren't. Uh, I'm disappointed. I think it was a lost opportunity. Mm -hmm. So here we had a chance on a, on a, in a corridor area to put up a building that will bring people in. So we have a, as Councillor Sean Fraser pointed out accurately, we have a declining population in the cathedral area. So if you do that, things happen. We have a new school going up across the street. Gosh, what an opportunity for a young family or a single mom with a child to actually be able to live across from the street and, and walk to school. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, walk down the street for groceries. Heaven forbid, walk all the way to the downtown. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a missed opportunity. Here's my real issue with it. I think sometimes when we debate these things, we lose sight of what it could bring to the neighborhood or, or the distraction, and it becomes a personal debate. And it becomes personal that you're, you are wrong to try and do this. You are not listening to what we want. And that's the part that I find very hurtful. 
Right. So do you feel that that's directed at uh, you people on council or the developers or? Yeah, I think it, it can. It, it often starts with the developer that, mm-hmm. you know, this is a single family area. So just bring in single family homes as a very general statement. But if anybody becomes empathetic, like the administration might say, well, this is a good idea because it meets all of these goals and priorities that have been set. Yeah. Then they become the wrath of that, that they haven't listened. The notion of engagement uh, uh, is not a word that's well understood. Right. Um, how do you respond in that case? And uh, this has come up in other cases, this whole notion of like the height being out of scale for the neighborhood. How do you, how do you feel about that kind of a concern that yeah. people are bringing forward? Well, if, if density is one of the desired effects, then, then it's a lot easier to move up than it is to keep moving out. Mm-hmm. To your initial question, you will note that when we talk about a new neighborhood, and by the way, I think they're well designed in the Greenfield areas, we have no opposition mm-hmm. because it's no is there and so on. It's that change notion that's there. Yeah. Well, the only way we can change inside is you have to do something more on less. So whether it means going up or going back. You may be familiar with Vancouver where they've lifted houses, kicked out the back, kicked out the top, and all of a sudden from a single house have a fourplex. Mm-hmm. So there are many ways to do it. And, and of course, we're also currently talking about the uh, laneway suites. Mm. Density has to be understood at what it can do, hopefully from the positive, not just from the perceived mm-hmm. negative. There is a lot of backlash on the laneway suites, though, too, even from yeah. some on council. Like that, that didn't sail through too easily. No, it didn't either. Interesting because as we have go- gone for walks uh, and, and driven around, there are an awful lot of garages that are rather large where there's already studios in it or workspaces in mm-hmm. it. So they already kind of exist. I don't think it's anybody's idea that we're going to have 10 on every uh, on every street. So does one here or there change? I, I hope not. I hope we can be a little more open. Yeah. I think we should actually force every home to have a laneway suite, like right in the living room, just just to really yeah. get this happening. We actually applied to have our offices on the laneway suite pilot project just because we were kind of lonely down here. It would have been nice to have, you know, like a little, you know, a new family move in down here. But yeah. for some reason, they didn't deem this to be a suitable location. I don't know. I it's understand. right downtown. Yes. I know. But you are rather far in the basement, so I, I, I'd have yeah. to listen to you a little bit more about, you know, <laughs> things like sunlight and so on. Anyway, this is true. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, asking for sunlight probably is a bit yeah. much. Yeah, and the parking down here is terrible. Won't somebody think of the parking? Don't think of the parking. <laughs> no comment. <Okay. laughs> um, you were talking about density. We have a development target of thirty percent. Uh, so 30%, uh, we want to like be shunting 30% of our development into infill, 70% would be greenfield. Um, and yet we have Harbor Landing, Greens on Gardner, and the towns are nearing completion. We've got Rosewood, the first development in Cooperstown. Cooperstown is going to be an, a massive greenfield. Yeah. We've got um, the Southeast Neighborhood Plan has just gone to uh, gone through Planning Commission. And Harbor Landing West, like that's yeah. on the horizon too. Yeah. How are we going to make this 30% infill target when so much greenfield development is on the horizon so i think we need to have some successes and we need to champion those things so i'm going to pick on one and then give you a second one the first one is that and i'm going to it's the area they represent rosemont so there was a former school site called st pat's most people probably don't know where it is 7th avenue and gray street and it went down and was not used for years and years anyway ended up with 78 new houses you know townhouses etc in that area funny thing it was the neighborhood 
people that were moving into them. They didn't want to leave their neighborhood. The church was there. The, mm-hmm. the grocery store had just been fixed up and so on. And lots and lots of people moved in from their existing single-family homes into that. And by the way, some other families moved in, brought new kids to the school. And it just all of a sudden happened, and, and, and it's nice, and it's good. Here's the opportunity. The opportunity is when the old Mosaic Stadium comes down, we can develop a brand-new neighborhood, and we can do it right and it's right in the heart of the city. Mm-hmm. And and we also have the Dudney Lands, which I hope will also bring people into, call it a downtown, call it the warehouse mm-hmm. district. And that brings maybe a grocery store to that area. That brings other services to that area. We need successes, and we need to champion those successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing the things that even like one grocery store, yeah. but the effect it can have on a neighborhood is, is oh, tremendous. Huge. Yeah. So we're on uh, CJTR, uh, Regina Community Radio, and we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're speaking to Mike O'Donnell, uh, counselor from Ward 8. Um, you were talking about the RRI and the Dudney Lands, though. Uh, do, you ex- do you expect that people are going to be upset about these when they, uh, when they happen? So it's been sitting empty for a while, and yeah. it's kind of, a, in a way, kind of an eyesore, shall we say. Yeah. But there's been some public engagement so far, and, and what's really good is that the number of people that have become engaged is in the thousands. I think it's a uh, like an amazing opportunity to take your city from the inside and start to build it again. That just doesn't happen other places. I think what has to happen in the coming months is we have to roll it back out and re-engage people. Mm-hmm. And I hope what they'll do is they'll dream, not just... Not just look at what can be or what we may be, but let's dream a little bit bigger and say, so let's put our heart and soul into this. It may take a little longer, but let's dream and make it happen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of potential successes, I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago there was a development in Coronation Park. It was a Silver Sage development, a lot of opposition to that. Um, that went ahead. That was in your writing, or ward, wasn't it? No, but I was the uh, counselor that was asked to come and, uh, and confront, shall we say. Oh, dear. At, oh. Not at the time. But, yes, I was there for that public engagement meeting, and I actually had to stand at the front and say, hold the phone, we're going to be respectful. Right. I think it's a huge success. The buildings are beautiful. I think there's a there's a seniors care home there that would I would put it against anyone in terms of its beauty and design. Very respectful hmm. of First Nations. There's lots of housing going on there, and my gosh, they just seem to operate. And again, I say, can walk over to a grocery store, can walk to school, have public transit right there, and have park space close by, and they're just part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So and that was that was a lot of rental too. Like one of the big concerns there was that you, if you bring rental into a single family home neighborhood, that that brings in an unsavory element. So I'm a little older than uh, than you fellows from the basement here, but what I will tell you is that I started life as an adult renting. Yeah. Funny, most people do. Hmm. So people who rent aren't bad. In fact, there are people I've met a number who've rented all their lives by choice, not because they had to. Mm-hmm. So there's you can't just assume, oh gosh, rental are coming in. This is horrible. They won't look after the property. I've been past this. Uh, your, your reference point on uh, in Regent Park is where it is actually. Went past you. They, it looks nice. It's well yeah. kept. There's a there's also a former school there that is now a gathering place as well for the neighborhood. It's a welcoming place. Yeah. Okay. Something that's come up 
this year. Yep. Uh, and it's been, it's been in the works for a couple of years now. Uh, since 1989, infill development has been exempt from paying servicing uh, agreement fees and development levies. Council ha- recently voted to uh, start adding servicing agreement fees to infill development. Uh, that change has been put off until 2018, but it looks like we're going to be seeing what those fees are in 2017 at some point. Uh, it's estimated that there's like over 2017, we'll be losing about $3 million in potential development levies from infill. But won't charging infill for development, won't that be a further, like they're not just going to have to deal with angry neighbors and communities you know, organizing to stop these infill developments, they're now going to have to be paying thousands of dollars, presumably, per hectare to, uh, to, to add their developments. You've been paying attention in the basement. I like that. Wow. We got so, a direct line through the fence. <laughs> That's really good. So uh, absolutely, you, you've, you know, you've uh, analyzed the problem accurately. So if we go back about uh, 10 or 12 years, there was a lot of vacant land in the city. So a great organization like Habitat for Humanity started raising their hand, and a lot of land actually went their way, and they started changing neighborhoods. I think the difference in the last while is a lot of those individual land uh, lots are actually gone. So now what's kind of left is some larger units. Those larger or large parcels of land that would lead to larger units. What that then does is put a little bit of different pressure on what we need for, say, infrastructure in the ground or for, you know, wastewater treatment plant or water and all that kind of stuff. So then it becomes equitable or is it equitable to me to also charge those or have them contribute. I think that the the delay was for a little bit more consideration. The consideration would then be, is it the same SAF necessarily, or is it a different rate? Is it a graduated rate? Because we want to keep, you know, to that target of 30%, keep people uh, developing, but what's the best way? So let's keep asking. Talk, mm-hmm. But I think it has a lot to do with the size of parcels of land. Who is pushing for this uh, servicing agreement fees on infill developments? I'm not sure that... Um, that I'm aware of somebody who's actually pushing for it. I think it was part of the analysis that city staff would have sure. done, on, you know, under that whole notion of SAFs for, it, for for anybody, and said, "Here's an area that where we might be able to draw some dollars." Right. Um, for so long, though, we've had uh, up until they started to boost the servicing agreement fees, and that only started like within the last ten years that they they had their first like dramatic That's shift. Correct. That's um, correct. Uh, for a long time, it was the the older parts of the city that were really subsidizing the infrastructure that was being built out on the greenfield. That's correct. Um, in, in a way, having the servicing agreement fees sort of like disproportionately loaded onto greenfield kind of is it's kind of balancing the field in a way. Or am I <laughs> just uh, yeah. uh, wrong on that. No, I don't know if you're wrong. It's a perspective. So, you know, a little bit of the history was the, the SAF fees or the development levies or whatever numbers they were called that time were extremely low. Mm-hmm. The first time that we changed it, we doubled it. Well, that got everybody's attention. Well, since then, they've actually gone up about three times. Mm-hmm. So now, now they're actually starting to impact and pay for things. So... Um, I think it's one of those things because of the amount of infrastructure that we need. So we just filled a wastewater treatment plant. But as you are aware, Mm -hmm. what about water pressure? And what about water, period? And what Mm -hmm. about the east side of the city? So I think it's a matter of can we find other ways to find revenue? And maybe you guys have some thoughts on that, by the way. 
Maybe in a bit. We do, actually. Oh, good. That's coming up. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, like maybe you listen to our meetings or something. (laughs) (laughs) Your important meetings. (laughs) They are. (laughs) We like to think so. Well, oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. HR doesn't seem to know we exist, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah. If you can get us a paycheck, we'd really appreciate (laughs) it. Let's let's not go too far, okay? You're doing good (laughs) stuff, but, you know. Okay. You accept popcorn in lieu of money. What about brownfield development? You've been a big advocate for doing something about our brownfield. So those are those are lots that used to be um, uh, petrol gas stations or uh, you know mechanic shops where the ground has been contaminated by petrochemicals. What's going on there? Well, you know, I think we've actually had some success. So if you look, for example, in front of the pump right now, that land was remediated. Mm -hmm. Where Carl's Jr. restaurant is, that was remediated land, and they put a restaurant up on there. And there's been about six or seven other sites that have actually been remediated. And there's a couple of ones that I'd love to see, uh, Albert Street and 13th? 14th Avenue and Albert Street Mm -hmm. and 15th Avenue. Those go way back to... British American oil or Texaco, you know, things that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Problem is, is that there are so many, uh, there's a lot of federal regulation and so on. And a lot of people across the country, every community has one of these sites. So how do we, how do we not just force or just incent, but how do we make it right to do this? The value of land in Regina probably has made it more reasonable for people to start remediating those places and and allowed some of those things to happen complicated there's a lot of legislation involved but we just need to keep encouraging okay um uh okay well it'd be nice to see some of these things get covered over with something other than weeds because you know what as much as i hate to say this even a parking lot in some cases would be a temporary measure better than a weed growth. So oh, fair enough. I'll say yeah. it this time. Yeah. Something is better than nothing. I mean, to, to be to be quite honest, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on from infill because I had one more thing I wanted to talk sure. to you before we, uh, before we wrap up here. And you brought forward a motion. We talked about this in one of our earlier meetings. You brought forward a motion about resurrecting the school safety zone or the, yeah, the school safety committee, sure. uh, school zone safety committee. Uh what is that, and <laughs> uh, where does that stand? Sure, thanks for that. I, and I appreciate you discussed this before. It's kind of important to, to me personally. So I want to tell you first that I got a lot of calls from parents. I mean, lots of calls from parents. Because of the way they were parking in front of the schools, it wasn't safe for kids to cross streets. Literally, there was almost fistfights. I exaggerate not. Parents were just getting mad at each other for this. So... Um, to, to kind of quickly go through the story, what I asked for is that, one, uh, can we have the police, the school divisions, the city traffic division, and so on, get together and just talk about this? For example, are there ways that we can, in fact, slow traffic down without just saying slow down? So curb outs and, and things like that where it's narrower for people to cross but gives you the illusion of a much narrower street. Do we do we take the uh, speed that you go through a school zone and maybe go down to 30? Do we say to people, you can't pass in school zone to keep it safe those are some of the simple ideas other things that came up when we had this public discussion was people said well do we have to have this school zone time all the way from 8 in the morning to 10 at night what about on the weekends and other cities have compromised on that so where it's at right now is in fact the committee has been struck and these people police school boards etc are all meeting with our traffic people and they're going to come back with some recommendations initial recommendation in the spring of 2017 so we can have a little bit more wholesome public debate. I will tell you, lots of people have an opinion on this one. And uh, 
my ultimate goal is I just want a safe, quiet school area while the kids are in school or at the park. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be a situation where we, uh, for once, we can say, let's lower the speed limit around schools and not get any up- outrage? My my optimistic view is yes. <laughs> okay. And this is one of those things where we can start in existing neighborhoods and make that transition, and I think do it successfully. And as we design the new areas, it just will come into place. So yeah. I am an optimist on this one, yes. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot for coming down here yes. and running us through all of the issues around infill. It's, uh, it's a huge issue that yeah, uh, needs to be... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes forward from here. Uh, there's supposed to be an infill uh, strategy, like an intensification strategy that spins off from the OCP. Is that underway? Will we see that? As you're aware, we, we do an awful lot of studies, yeah. and they are all supposed to roll out in the next while. I can't remember the date on this one, but it's it's related to that whole notion of housing. So right. I think later in 2017. Okay, so some queue in 2017. I think so. All right. All right. How did uh, how did Councillor O'Donnell do on our uh, uh, metric? Uh, well, I've, um, the complicated rubric has come up that yes, Councillor O'Donnell is indeed an improvement vector. Yeah. <laughs> do we have a uh, do we have a certificate? We we don't have a certificate uh, today because it got locked in uh, in another room and uh, the time oh, locks yeah. don't open for another week. So uh, we we will have to get you your certificate later. I'll, I'll bring it to the next council meeting. Well, that's no problem. Thank we, you. We we can present you with a Queen City Improvement Bureau postcard. Well, this is very kind. Yeah, well, uh, I've enjoyed my time. I enjoyed the commentary, and I'm going to have to really consider a motion about actually paying you guys at some oh, point thanks. in time. But awesome. we'll review that. Probably 2019 would be the earliest. Oh no, that's fair. That's that, yeah, okay, more that's than fair. Totally fair. Okay. That's, yeah. that's the most. That's the best news we've heard like so far right. since 2016. Since <laughs> 2016. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what's next on the agenda? I believe uh, now we have innovative revenue tools. Is that the part of the meeting where we talk about ways to improve the city's bottom line by coming up with tools that are innovative and generate revenue? Um, yes. Yes, oh. in a sense. Excellent. No. So, so are we going to... This week, I, I, I have an innovative revenue tool. Wonderful. So, so Paul, do mm-hmm. you like charity? Charity giving things? Yes. yes. Yeah. Me neither. I'm a big fan of people pulling themselves up by their own bootstraps. Okay. I've, you've, I've heard you say that. Yes. But, I, on a, but on some like recent sort of tours around neighborhoods, I realize that some people in our city don't even own bootstraps. Oh, my gosh. In that fact, would... most people have no idea what bootstraps are. I'm not 100% sure I do, but I'm, I feel bad for these people who don't have them. Exactly. So I figure if more people had bootstraps, then they could pull themselves up, buy them. Oh, my. And raise themselves, you know, out of out of their condition. Right. And, you know, and contribute uh, and being sort of like income-generating, tax-paying citizens of Regina. Wow. So give people bootstraps, get more property tax. You got it. It almost rhymes. Almost. There's almost a nursery rhyme about it. Yeah. So I, I've come up with a bootstrap loan program okay. from pillars of the community who no longer need bootstraps because they're all done. They've, they've actually pulled themselves up so high that they've fallen out of their bootstraps. And those bootstraps are just lying there. And just useless. We should pass them on. I agree. So a bootstrap loan program, uh, low-interest loans of bootstraps, uh, say... 
you know, 3% of a bootstrap per year. I'm not even sure exactly how that would work. <laughs> but I do know that if more people have bootstraps, more people would be pulling themselves up by them. And if they pay us the interest in bootstraps, we can just help more people. Yes, we can get our own bootstraps and pull ourselves up. Right. So That's how we get out of the basement. Yep, a lot of people. But don't confuse a bootstrap with a petard. Because no. when you hoist yourself with your own petard, things get... You don't want that. No. It's just too ironic. Uh, there's no innovative revenue tool there. No, no. It's uh, it, always, it always comes a cropper. All uh, right. Well, if that innovative revenue tool does not work out and uh, doesn't get approval upstairs... What if it comes a cropper is what... If it comes a cropper, yeah. We've got a few more here. All right. Hi, I'm Chad Novak with ChadForRegina.com. You're listening to Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR. All right. That was the innovative revenue tools for today, and I'm totally doing wrong things here. Okay, now I've got the board working correctly. <laughs> Excellent. I apologize, everybody, for all of the many screw-ups I'm committing here. It's, it just goes with the territory of being stuck in the basement of City Hall. Yeah. Which is where we are right now. Where is we, which is where we are right now. Um, okay, so that was... Uh, we just had a meeting with Councillor O'Donnell. That was um, that was unusual. That was it was uh, fruitful. Yeah. Um, before we move on to our next um, reports, I just wanted to give an update on uh, the election campaign. Uh, Regina votes 2016. Does it? Does it the vote? Vote apocalypse. <laughs> vote apocalypse. Vote apocalypse. Wow, very nice. Okay. Um, what about democracypocalypse? Whoa. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I know. I something something squishy happened inside <laughs> me over that. That's, that's, that I, was really good. I, I I just do not want to know, but I appreciate the compliment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to let everybody who might be listening to this meeting, and you need to know this too, in case you're deciding to run for council. I do not. Um, <laughs> the deadline to file your nomination papers is September 21st, so there is not even another meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Wow, so this is it. This is it. This is the last six days before. So it is the 21st. Um, I thought it was the 22nd, but it is the 21st. Double-checked it. Uh, at present, I, there, I remember back in the day when there were almost no candidates declared. There are so many now. For mayor, we have, and I'm just going to be going by who we know like on the Regina Elections website which is electionsregina.ca. Mm -hmm. uh, the names that are listed there are running for council and uh, mayor. For mayor, we have Michael Fougere as official. Tony Fiacco, who we had in last week's meeting and spoke to him, he is official. Jim Elliott, uh, many-time runner for mayor, is running again for mayor. Once more. Uh, Mr. Wayne Ast, Robert Allen, and Evangeline Godron. Godron are running for mayor. So that's a lot of people. Once again, we've got a pretty crowded slate. Yeah, and it's going to be pretty crowded in here if we try to get them all in at once. <laughs> uh, Ward 1, only Barbara Young. So Barbara Young is running unopposed at the moment in Ward 1. That could change. Ward 2, Bob Hawkins, who is actually going to be... Uh, I've been alerted that he's coming to a future meeting of the QCIB. He's going to be here Glory, September 29th. Glory be. Yeah. Um, frequent subject of the QCIB. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, enjoy, we enjoy talking about Councillor Hawkins. We do. Uh, he is going up <laughs> against Lorelai Silzer, Sam Khan, and Saeed Tab. Well, In Ward 3, we'll get to this later, the only official person up there right now is Andrew Stevens, but I've heard there's several other people, but when those names become available and are official, we'll talk about them. 
In Ward 4, we have uh, Brian Burnett as Fadebia, who was on the show several weeks ago, mm-hmm. and just announced, like yesterday, Chad Novak. Yay, Chad! Yes, who announced when he was on our show that he would be doing something, but he wouldn't tell us what it was, and now we know. Uh, Ward 5, um, the word is that John Findura, the current councillor there, is going to be running again. Uh, councillor O'Donnell on his okay. way out confirmed that that's true, but he's not yet officially up on the website. No, when you say Councillor O'Donnell on his way out, you mean just on his way out the building? Oh, just on the way out of the... He's, like, out there. He's, like, okay. standing next to the door, waiting desperately for the time locks to open. Right. Um, I just didn't want anybody to get the wrong he's idea. He's sweating with panic. He's actually so worried. <laughs> But we, I kept assuring him, no, seriously, the time locks. Every, after every meeting, they open up. <laughs> um, Ward 6, Joel Murray, son of former Councillor Wade Murray, well, current Councillor Wade Murray, who is not running again. So his oh. son, Joel, is running in Ward 6. Okay. Uh, also, Bill Stevenson is running in Ward 6. Joseph Daniels and Femi Ogunrindi, who we will uh, we'll get to that in a minute. In Ward 7, currently Sharon Bryce is apparently running unopposed. Mm-hmm. In Ward 8, Mike O'Donnell, who we were just talking to, is running against Gene Howie. And I just, I was actually Facebook messaged a half an hour ago from David Shabato saying that he's filed his papers, he's for sure in. Um, Ward 9, Terry Hanks is running unopposed so far. And in Ward 10, Jerry Flagel is running unopposed. So that is where things stand. Uh, everybody who wants to run, you have six more days to get it in. Uh, I believe it's 4 o'clock on Wednesday, September 21st. Your nomination papers have to be filed. Uh, and speaking of people who are running for council, we have two candidates here tonight. We do. In the sub-basement. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Thank you very much. We have Pleasure. Andrew Stevens from Ward 3 and Femi, o- Femi Ogunrindi. Correct. Yep, mm-hmm. who is running in Ward 6. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in, in typical council fashion, I have to declare conflict. Oh, very well. Um, I actually wandered out of the sub-basement Already. once. Yeah. I wandered out of the sub-basement once and wound up at a dinner party, and they, they fed me and clothed me. And and Andrew Stevens was was at uh, oh, that, okay. and then they invited me back to another dinner party, and I went to that one as well. And Andrew was also at that dinner party, so I've actually met Andrew a couple of times outside of the QCIB. So I don't think it would be fair or ethical for me to be participating in this portion of the interview. So it's all on you, Aiden. Okay, you're in charge tonight. Okay. Well, I I have a very limited vocabulary, mostly just like monosyllables and grunts. So works we'll, for me. We can work. <laughs> we'll work <laughs> so actually, one thing we should ask both of you to do: maybe move your microphones a little closer, um, about a fist length away from your face is good. That's usually that usually works to make sure we can get your. Yeah. Yeah. How's okay. how's that? It sounds all right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm just operating the recording equipment, which has been totally successful for me tonight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, gentlemen. Thanks for the invitations. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Can I say one thing before we get started? It sure. is yeah. so fun to be back in uh, local radio. I was a fan of it. I was a volunteer at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario. Rank and file radio. I miss it. Late night programming, audio mm-hmm. recording, shenanigans in the basement, but this is it. I love it. There, there <laughs> Thanks are, for the invitation. Many a shenanigan here. <laughs> so, what were you doing in Kingston? What was your what was your main gig there? Well, I went out there in 2003 for grad school. Stuck around there for eight years, and I was finally drawn back to the beautiful Saskatchewan. 
Awesome. It's good to have you back in there. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, this is great city. It is. Yeah. Although I, I have promise. to admit, I was originally from. I am originally from Saskatoon. It was uh-huh. a, a bit of a bitter pill to swallow coming to the Queen City, but it is not as bad as everybody in Saskatoon thinks. <laughs> I love it. It's a wonderful um, place. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna warn you. Saying saying it's not as bad as people think <laughs> is, is probably not the way you want to lead your campaign. No, this is it. <laughs> but no. even though you're correct. <laughs> So, um, Fanny, yeah. yes. Um, how long you've been a long time Regina resident? Yeah, I've been here for about twenty seven twenty seven years now. So okay, yeah. yeah. So about as long country. as all of us put together. <laughs> <laughs> um, what inspired you to become a city council candidate? This is your second time running, too. It's my yeah. second time. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so why are you putting her through this? Putting I'll, yourself through this? Again? I'll probably be a political animal. I, 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 it's just there's just something within me that says that this is a great country. Uh, and, and honestly, some people that a lot of people that are born here don't even appreciate as much as we immigrants that come in. And see exactly the opportunities that are, that just really abound in this place. Hmm. I raised my three girls here. Okay, I uh, when I first come, got to this country, I uh, I lived in uh, I lived on 708 Cameron Street, First Avenue. My kids went to Kitchener School, and one is a doctor today. Hmm. By the way, wow. second one is uh, uh, finished uh, master's degree in University of New Hampshire. She's working in in the city here. She's actually thinking of going to uh, doing a, P- a PhD in Oxford, and the uh, the the youngest is a, is an engineer, a petroleum engineer. She has her own business, and, and so I look at that. And I said, I've been given so much, and uh, and I've been also I've lectured at university for a number of years, and uh, I'm a pastor in the city now, and uh, as a spiritual leader and a, com- a community leader. I I have seen a lot of hurt and pain, and I deal with this daily. And uh, I'm going, I just don't want to be confined to the four walls of the church, but I see the whole city as a church, as a place where we can actually make a difference. So the uh, I think my motivation is born out of the fact that I can give back a lot. Right, and I have the energy to do that. I have the passion to do so, and uh, I'm a stickler for education. I really do see uh, see the value of education, and uh, and I promote it a lot. Right. Um, in the last election, you, you you'll remember that in the last election it was uh, dominated by like questions about the stadium and a few other like big projects uh, that were on the city's horizon, like the wastewater treatment plant. Um, this time around, what do you think going into this election? Do you think is the big issue that you want to tackle with your campaign? Um, just looking at Ward Six alone, because I, I, I'm not going to speak for the city. Okay, uh, that's not my purview. But my real concern is Ward Six. I think there's been a lot of overemphasis of the North Central community, and to the detriment of other uh, communities within the Ward Six. Mm. Uh, you talk about Eastview, uh, Broader Annex, uh, Rothwell, Glenham. Nobody talks about even the industrial areas there. They pay taxes. But who's going to advocate for them? Everything we do, and I'm not opposed to North Central. I am, our church is based in that place. We have done a lot of work. Uh, the Al Emprehams building, we own that building now. We've been in that place for 17 years. 
uh, it used to be a den of uh, uh, robbers and uh, hmm. prostitution, uh, you know, uh, needles in, on the ground and condoms on the ground, uh, broad daylight, uh, prostitution, uh, just right there. Uh, and uh, we took over those, the, the building and the next one adjacent to it, I mean, the next one attached to it, it used to be uh, you know, just park right. I mean, that place was just filthy. Now, today, you go back to that place, half a block has been taken over, totally revamped, and we have good neighbors now that you don't talk about too much crime in that area because of the presence of people like us uh, and a community that is serving the people there. Right. Hmm. That's a, so, uh, just curious, about that. what are some of the practical things you did to sort of get clean that neighborhood up a bit and sort of... Make it, I mean, you, you got you took over that building and yeah. attached. Well, the next building to it was uh, I was filthy. I mean, it could have been just uh, something that would allow people to come in there to do whatever they want to do, and all the vehicles that were broken down that were put behind. I mean, it just mm -hmm. it just attracts you know undesirable elements. Mm -hmm. But we cleaned it out. We bought it. We bought the property, renovated it. Now, a a big organization all the way from Ontario moved in just last week to rent that place. They moved the headquarters from Ontario to Regina. So we attract. Oh, nice. Then upstairs, my janitor, who's been, you know, serving us for the last 20-something years, is now living there. Three-bedroom, well-furnished. So, and, and, and then we reach out to the, to the uh, community and talking to them about how we can cooperate and collaborate together and see that we stop drugs coming into that place. And, uh, but we're not getting enough help from the city because our roads are not tarred there. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of potholes and everything like that. And if, in fact, if you go back there today, we're already redecorating that place again, just painting again, just giving yes. a new facelift. Uh, we did the driveway, I mean, the, um, the parking lot we did, uh, and the sidewalk we did ourselves, and nobody's helping us to do that. And, and uh, we reclaim everything. And then we also allow the Muslims that are there to use mm -hmm. our parking lot. So we're we reaching out to them. Right. And it's just wonderful. Cool. Do you, want, do you want to ask a question of Andrew Stevens? Because he's, yeah. I've recused myself, he's dead right. to me. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> well. And you um, to me, Paul. <laughs> sorry, did I hear something? <laughs> off the just live. No. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Andrew, so Paul Paul told me earlier that uh, that he couldn't interview you, and he said, you can interview him, so I, I'm going to give you a choice. Uh, I can either ask you a serious question right now about your hopes, dreams, and aspirations for Ward 3, or I can ask you a math word problem about 90s hip-hop bands. So one will just be devastatingly embarrassing for me and was probably put on by students who want to see me sweat in the hot seat. So I will not answer the second <laughs> set of questions. Okay. So You're going to ask it anyway, I imagine. No, no. It's, I'll, I'll ask you a serious question. Okay. So, okay, so hip-hop band Criss Cross <laughs> and Irish rap band House of Pain are located 50 miles apart. At 4.05, Criss Cross begins to jump, jump. Both the Mac Daddy and the Daddy Mac begin to jump, jump west. At the same time, House of Pain begins to jump around east. Where will they meet? North. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I didn't think you get it, but, uh, but you did well. Uh, 
And as a follow-up question, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Ward 3 and what makes you, uh, what makes you feel you could represent that place. Well, there's a couple reasons why I'm running. I'll start with the warm and fuzzy, which has to do with Ward 3 itself. Um, when I came back from Kingston, having been from Saskatchewan originally, I thought my time in a city that was walkable, that it was historic, was over. Mm-hmm. For me, Saskatchewan was, you know, the newer areas of town. You're driving any- everywhere. And I discovered that there's this rich core in Regina called Cathedral, and there's other areas called Heritage and Transition mm-hmm. and Downtown that has a vibrant walking culture and community-rich area. It's an incredible place in Saskatchewan and in the city. I've become a fabric of that community, and I wanted to be part of it in a mm-hmm. different way. My kids will be going to school there, daycare, libraries, People from around the province and in the city come to Ward 3 to see the Folk Fest, to learn woodworking as I did at the Neil Balkwell Arts Center. Mm-hmm. This is where people come in the city. It's a proud area, and I want to be part of that. The policy influence here was really Sean Frazier's living wage motion, which I think needs a great deal more attention. In the United States, it's been booming since the 1990s as a movement. In Canada, we're seeing it explode as the living wage networks expand and as the fight for 15 and fairness reaches communities, campuses, and workplaces. What this motion could do, if it isn't destroyed at council or by administration, is at least open the door to talking about what a living wage means, not just mm-hmm. the number, which is 1646 an hour or a household wage of 58000 Saskatchewan is heading into tough times. It's there. We need to talk about this at the municipal level. We cannot say that's a province issue, that's a federal issue, that's BS. Poverty, wealth, growth all takes place at the municipal level, and we can deal with that here. What his living wage motion, I think, will allow us to do, talk about affordable housing in a more meaningful and progressive way. Enough with these business models that are really about developers. It has to be about the people that need affordable housing. It forces us to talk about youth services. The notion of economic development, which is actually progressive in this city, if you look at the official plan, around culture and arts, it's not just a rigid GDP model. The living wage allows us to talk about that. People have to have money in their pockets to spend at dessert in their communities, at the local pub, go to the library, and to actually live rich civic lives. That motion is important. Even Mm. though it was kicked down the road, it will come back, and we need to talk about it. And if it's defeated, we need to come back to it again. That's what got me interested. And initially, it wasn't me thinking, I need to become a counselor to work on that. Instead, I had thought, how do we build a movement in the community to address that issue? The third reason why I'm running is the challenge, to actually push that a bit further. So... It's not. A, I don't think it's a, a one-issue item. It actually is an entry point to a number of issues that Saskatchewan is facing, that Regina is facing. What 23% of the workers in this city currently do not earn a living wage. We need to talk about it. It builds on other examples of, of green energy development, of a sustainable city, of walking cities, public transit and public transit costs, bike lane, bike usage. So again, this is a, an entry point for me, and it was actually quite exciting. Mm. And it, it allows us to talk about community and civic engagement at the same time as we talk about some very concrete policies. Cool. That's a, that's a good answer. How do, how do you know it's cool? You didn't even listen. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I even have my headphones turned off. It's like I'm in a zone of silence. That's right. Oh, fair enough. <clears throat>
Well, no, that's that's a good answer. And I, I believe you have a, you have a background in uh, in business. I mean, am I correct on that? I work at the University yeah. of Regina. I'm in a business administration program. Um, I'm a sociologist that mm. studies work, employment, uh, the lived experiences of labors, labor studies, industrial relations, on the ground issues, uh, management, employee relations. So it's pretty broad. But as a sociologist, I, I study the the importance of work in our lives, and I do that at the University of Regina's uh, business administration program. Oh, great. Cool. Um, I guess. <laughs> really, I'm just being polite. Um, Femi. Yes. Uh, your ward borders with Ward 3 on the south side. Ward 6, It's uh, it runs along the tracks, and uh, yeah. Ward 3 is just to the south of it. Um, the Regina Revitalization Initiative, the uh, Rail Yards Initiative, would be in your ward, wouldn't it? I believe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you kind of, uh, if you were elected, do you have something that you're hoping to see come out of that development to uh, sort of help Ward 6 develop? Well, definitely uh, whatever, there's an overarching um, plan, but every uh, every ward needs to fit into this revitalization plan. And But I, I do, I do, I do want to say that I do not think that our ward should be, you know, uh, uh, should be looked uh, not just concentrated on one uh, aspect of the community, but the whole ward. I sure. mean, there's just this tendency of just saying one section of the ward. I, and, and I think I want to correct the notion that other people are taxpayers too. When we do anything, it should just not affect one portion of it and as, as though that's the greatest problem we have in the city. And the truth is that the challenges there are great opportunities to actually do what uh, Stephen has just said here now. Uh, We've we got to do something that really make give back to people and restore back dignity to people. Mm -hmm. uh, not just hand out, but hand up. Mm -hmm. How can we help people to get off from where they are? And so if the plan does not include a, a holistic approach, I don't think it's going to work. It's going to be another elephant project. And at the end of it, it's like, oh, yeah, we got this and we spend this kind of money. But how much of that affects the people in the area? Sure. Uh, the housing there is just terrible. And mm -hmm. uh, it is. It is. And uh, and some of the houses, the old houses being pulled down now and being put together. I mean, people are rebuilding now. Neighbors are complaining that we're flooded. I mean, the digging there and everything like that. I was there yesterday talking to a lady. For 45 minutes, she helped me. 45 minutes. So talking to me about the, 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 the mold in the house, the basement is flooded oh, and yeah. things like that. So uh, I think that uh, I, I'm going to get in. I'm going to look at that plan. I want to study that plan even more and see how much I can negotiate for our ward. Hmm, sure. Yeah. So um, we're, we're getting close to the end here, and uh, I'm wondering, you, it, since you guys would be on, you're on bordering wards, yeah. could you could you work with Andrew? Because I don't know, like I've, I'm in the zone of silence. I don't know if, <laughs> if he's worth working with. Could you work with Andrew, and vice versa? Well, of course. Why not? We, we're working for the same goal, right. for the uh, betterment of our city. I mean, so uh, why can't we work together? I, I don't think that there's need for all this division. Uh, well, all the boundaries are just imaginary boundaries really sure. it's this old city yeah. so i'll work with him any day mm -hmm. i mean we'll get on council together we're going to debate very well and we're going to be transparent and we're going to ask questions 
you know, and we will ask we'll ask questions and we'll get answers. <laughs> All right. That was a good answer. Yeah. So I've I've only actually one more question for you. This is another I was going to ask you uh, another hip hop question, <laughs> question. <laughs> but, but instead I'm going to go in a different direction. In 1977, Foreigner came out with the song Cold as Ice about a woman who was willing to sacrifice their love. But in 1991, Vanilla Ice came out with the movie Cool as Ice. <laughs> now, have you, have you seen the movie Cool as Ice? I am not going to admit to that. <laughs> that is correct. That was actually the answer I was looking for. Nobody should admit to having seen Cool as Ice. <laughs> All right. Okay, so how do you think they did um, on, the, on your clever rubric? Uh, based, based on my, my clever and complicated rubric, I'd say they're both qualify as improvement vectors. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the certificates, which we actually have certificates, uh, were locked in an office, uh, so we'll have to get those to you at a later <laughs> date. But I can, I can give you both postcards. Okay, thank you. Solid. Solid. Straight from the Queen City Improvement City. Bureau. Okay. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much. No, thank you guys for coming yeah, in. Thank you. I really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you. I would just yeah. really appreciate the opportunity to come to, um, you know, share our hearts. And, yeah. And I'm looking forward to, are we on still? On? Oh, we're still <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> still looking forward to, uh, you know, uh, Andrew. Uh, you know, uh, I just wish him uh, thank you. good you too. Godspeed yeah. so that he can, if he win, if I win, then uh, we have a great time together yeah. in the council. I have a couple of questions for you guys. One, okay. can I be invited to come back here again because this is a you fun can. place to be? And yeah, second, can I stick around and listen to Nerdcore Cabaret? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> Maddie would I be. I see this uh, in, in Except Maddie, I'm sure. he's way over at the CJTR building and we're in the sub-basement under City Hall. Oh, right. So you're yeah. going to have to run. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have to run. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm also very sorry that Paul did not ask you any, like, hip-hop or Next 70s time. rock related Next questions. Yeah. Next time. Uh, <laughs> like, like, like I got to ask Andrew. All so, right. Yeah. But that's Paul's fault for telling yeah. me to ask yeah. Andrew questions. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to have to make a motion to adjourn. Okay. Uh, I will. Second uh, it. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, we have quorum. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And rare. Wow. So, all right then, you have been listening, while well, motion has passed, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. This episode has been brought to you by Councillor Terry Hink's Pink Rink Drinks. If you're at a rink and you want a drink, try Terry Hink's Pink <laughs> Rink Drinks. They're pink. That's the slogan. Uh, anyway, thank, thanks very much to our guest tonight. It's been, it's been wonderful. Also, thanks to uh, Guidewire for supplying our great theme music. Coming up next, we've got Maddie V in the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by... Is it the cockpit and reeling in the years, Paul? You got it. I got it for the first time ever. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you very much. You can find us on uh, Facebook, also on Twitter at Queen City IB, on CJTR.ca podcasts, and also, of course, on our own website, QueenCityIB.com. Remember, that's Improvement Bureau, not Irritable Bowel. Thanks very much. Keep on improving, Regina. <laughs>